You're listening to the Construction Talk podcast, brought to you by Causeway Technologies. Tune in to hear from the industry leaders pushing construction forward. Hi, I'm Peter Haddock and welcome to another edition of Construction Talk. And I've got a very special guest on this edition. She's called Nicola Bird and she is the founder and managing director of Excel. And that is a fantastic new facility for the construction industry. I'm going to let Nicola talk about that and uh, introduce herself properly. And so now it's over to you, Nicola Bird. Please introduce yourself and tell us a little bit of uh, where you've come from, and then we can start talking about the fantastic Excel uh, whole building and structure and, and all the infrastructure that's gone around it that you've built into that. Nicola, introduce yourself to the podcast audience. Oh, thank you, Peter. Yes, um, very nice to be involved, so thank you very much for that. Um, as you said, I am the founder and the manager and director of Excel. Um, I'm also the uh, safety and business development director for KW Bell Group, which is um, our family construction business uh, based here in Gloucestershire. And Nicola, you've been on a really big journey recently, you know, and set the um, whole social media world on fire with the opportunities that are now available in creating a whole new approach to training with a new building and facility that was sort of born out of, you know, some of the challenges that the, the business uh, KW Bell Group faced and faces now. So tell me a little bit about that sort of uh, project and, and what we see today um, on social media and also the people that are going to be entering that building as we speak. Um, so KW Bell was founded 54 years ago now by my grandfather, Keith. The managing director now is my father, Peter. And I am the third generation who will be hopefully taking over in a few years. Um, family business. So like all family businesses, we're looking into succession planning. And when it comes down to succession planning and putting our business plan together for the next sort of growth over the next five to 10 years, it was really obvious that we couldn't sustain our portion of the market, let alone grow it to what it could naturally occur to be because of the lack of skills and the lack of people coming into our industry. So it was concerning for me to think that this legacy of this business which has been built up from a solo bricklayer 54 years ago to now a, an 85 million pound construction firm you know this legacy is important it's, an, it's important to the local economy it's, it's it employs so many people within the local vicinity we want to keep it going it's a legacy of its own so I started looking into apprenticeships and I started looking into why we couldn't uh, appeal to, to the younger generation and Around about four years ago, I looked into apprenticeships. So we specialize in groundworks and groundwork is a, a particularly hard subject to a, get excited about because it's not particularly one of the sexiest parts of construction. And, and not many people understand what groundwork is all about. When you see a house and you, and you see it there with all its bricks and mortar above ground, that's the only thing you see. You don't actually see all the work that goes into uh, the foundation, the drainage, the road and everything like that. So it's sort of a forgotten trade. So four years ago, developed this apprenticeship and we had two satellite training hubs. We had one here in Gloucestershire and one in Cardiff. And we put on, our company put on 23 groundwork apprentices for a case study to see if this bespoke apprenticeship style would work. And in the, within these training hubs, we did all the practical experience because we had some outside working space. 
and we did all the theoretical learning as well, bringing in our um, industry network. And two years later, 15 graduated, and it was a really good case study. We had lots of learning along the way of what this new generation really thought of our industry and how we could make it more appealing for them. We're competing against a lot of different sectors like cyber, technology, uh, mechanical, electrical. So it was really good to have their market research and the apprenticeship program developed from them. And I think that's really important because, you know, we always used to see apprenticeships that actually came through some of the big contractors uh, in the marketplace. And obviously those contractors, those tier ones, stopped doing plant and started to outsource it to specialists like yourself. And so with that, all of the big training programs that were in place and apprenticeship uh, that were in place and careers that were in place with those businesses literally stopped almost overnight when that uh, that happened and so we're in national apprentice week when we're launching this podcast and we're seeing a lot of people going hold on a minute we've now got to take control of that back uh, and so that we're creating the people and the apprentices that we need for the future and I think you know you've recognized that in a way going through that pilot learning and, and doing that exercise because you know plant is great but people are all different and we need more diversity and inclusion in this sector and to get that we're never going to move forward unless we understand the people isn't it and that's what's took you on this journey from that apprenticeship scheme to this new facility isn't it tell me about the learnings and and the sort of different skill sets that that you've recognized need to be involved when i introduced bespoke apprenticeship program and we set up these hubs um, I was getting into social media then and I was being asked to talk at um, some different events just about our experience and what we've learned and this, the successes, some of the things that went, went well, some of the things that didn't go so well, so other companies could do the same. During one of those meets, actually, that I was approached by somebody who had some interest in sort of local areas, what we could achieve, so part of the university, part of the college. Uh, and they introduced me to a local enterprise, which is G First LEP, which is the Local Enterprise Partnership. And they said GFIRST LEP are um, in charge of basically funding a lot of the infrastructure work that goes into the local region. So I got in contact with them. I told them what I wanted to do. I told them how it was successful. We had a plot in hand. And I started to build sort of a business case around what we wanted to do. Um, it's, it's been quite a journey. It's been quite a long journey in the fact that I started off with nothing and here we are with everything beyond the imaginable right at the beginning. And the business case was, was put forward. Um, at the time, it was general elections, so it got shelved. And then we had Brexit, got shelved again. But my bid got brought forward when COVID hit. And there was a new fund that came available, which was the Getting Building Fund. And the Getting Building Fund was all about stimulating the economy again. So my project was brought forward. And about six months later, we were awarded 1.96 million from GFIRST LEP and government to build Excel. And that is no small change, is it? One nine six million pounds, two million pounds, folks. Realistically, yeah. you know, to, to build a brand new facility. Now, this whole facility obviously has a lot of energy that's been put into it by yourself and the community around you. And I think you know, when you're looking at a facility like this, what is interesting about it is it's built from the ground upwards, isn't it? So like you said, you've got a plot of land there. And what was then the vision for that plot of land? And, and how did you realise that it had to be different 
uh, and again to attract the right kind of people and and different people uh, to, to create that more diverse in, and inclusive landscape. So what happened and, and, and why is the design, what does it look like it does? Actually it started off when I was in you know, these quarter cabins. So yeah, what we have today, which is this three million pound building, uh, which is, has been born out of two quarter cabins essentially on, on two building sites. And it was during, when I was doing the, the, some of the mentoring and sitting with the students and seeing how they were learning and seeing how we were gonna evolve this and thinking, I really want to shout out that construction is a really aspirational place to go and learn and work. Um, but here we are in a couple of crappy water cabins and it just didn't match my message. Um, so when I was putting the bid together and thinking about what sort of environment we wanted to set, I want construction related courses. I want construction learners to be able to come into a nice environment like a university and like a college. It doesn't have to be down uh, dirty and, and you know sort of the bits forgotten. It needs to stand out. It needs to be proud because people are building the future and they're creating the future here. And um, so I really wanted it to shout out that message. And, and as we start getting into the design, the architecture, and the fixtures and the fittings, I wanted it to scream aspiration because I want people to enter here and I really want them to think about where they're going to be in five, ten years' time. You know, they can be coming in here, they can learn to be an apprentice bricklayer, and then they can have their own businesses in, in you know, five to ten years' time and really thrive. And that is that legacy from your granddad, you know, when you're talking about that. And, and what's really exciting about that, when you've got somebody like yourself that's third generation, and you can tell that story about you coming through here, you know, my granddad started the business like that, and he's grown, and here we are today because of that. The other important thing is really about inclusion. Now, and that's not just inclusion when I'm talking about diversity and inclusion with the people you're getting in. It's talking about including industry partnerships and industry collaborations that get you to the stage where people are, one, sitting in really nice equipment, two, have got the latest technology and not something that's third generation um, that's coming down uh, and say, well, you know, it's improved since then but um, we, we, this is all we could afford. It's this kind of partnership that you've created within the organization and, and where you sit with the likes of leaders like JCB and, and 3D machine control and surveying specialists like Leica Geosystems. That's a big deal, Nicola, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, Axel was formed upon three pillars and those are Inspire, Train, Connect. Um, so we've talked about the Inspire bit, this, uh, that's about the building. I want it to be an aspirational, educational place where people really want to come and they want to learn and they want to thrive. And then you've got your training element. So, you know, it wants to be quality training. I want people to feel like they're valued. I want a whole person approach. So we're, we're training people, not just on health and safety. Construction industry is just hell-bent on tick box in uh, health and safety. Let's teach them leadership and development. Let's teach them how to have, have a good communication. Let's, let's talk about mental health. Let's talk about inclusion, diversity and respect, because unless we're bringing this into the classroom, they're not going to take it out onto the site. So the training aspect of it is really important. And then we've got all of our sort of state of the art technology and machinery that we can pull in from industry as well. The connect part is the connections within the industry that we've built up over the last 54 years. It is the one thing we're very, very proud of that all of our industry partners, specifically JCB and like Aegea Systems, that they came on right from the beginning, right from the offset, because they could see how important it is that AJCB were a fine example. So I sat in one of their boardrooms and I was asking them, how do they train up their end user? 
And they said they dabbled in it, but engineering is their thing. They train up and they sk- they have skilled engineers, but they don't really mess around with the end user so much. So I told them about the concept and what we wanted to do and how we wanted to bring on all these machine drivers. And they absolutely loved it. And they've been supportive from the off. And we had George Bamford come here when actually we were just breaking ground. So hopefully he'll come back um, sometime soon and we can show him again. Um, But like, again, another one. So the technology side of things, improving efficiencies on site, um, reducing health and safety risks by bringing in technology. That's huge for us. And the more we can start bringing it into the teaching so we can make it more habitual, the easier and, and, and quicker we can get it onto site and start getting used. Yeah, you're absolutely right there, because it is now about combining equipment, the physical asset with the technology uh, and how that brings it together. Uh, what I really like, and folks go onto the website, Nicola will tell you exactly what that is in a moment. Um, but go and have a look at the centre because it's got this circular centre to the building, Nicola. And I really like the way in which you explain that and why that has actually been an important part of the overall I guess, heart of, of, of the project. Tell me a little bit about that sort of physical nature and what that statement makes to the people coming through and, and learning every day in that uh, facility. So quickly, the, the building um, itself is, it, there's three colours of the building that set into three different elements. And we're based in the Forest of Dean. So the three colours have actually been inspired by the three elements that were quarried and mined in the Forest of Dean, which are iron ore, stone and coal. So those are the three colours that you'll see externally. But yeah, the bit in, in the middle, so we have a big round circle in the middle. And that was always designed around the everlasting circle of education. And at Excel, we do offer apprenticeships, but it is very key to us that we understand that unless you're upskilling your workforce and bringing your supervisors, your team leaders, your managers on and moving them up, they'll just act as blockers all day for all your new apprentices, your new blood. So we need to move them up so we can bring the new ones in. And we want people to come back. We want them to invest in learning and we want uh, employers to invest in their workforce to keep them in this industry and to retain that knowledge. Yeah, I think that's super important because having this sort of positive attitude and willingness to learn doesn't stop when you get older. And I know from your perspective that you're one of those people that's also, you know, embraced that. Not only have you been trying to push this forward for many years and getting over the hurdles of, of Brexit and, and elections, like you said earlier. But you've also been investing in yourself, haven't you, Nicola? And I think that's really important. Tell me a little bit about the work that you've done to invest in yourself so that you can you know, make this uh, work and, and, and obviously move on yourself into that potential management position of the business and, and take that to the next generation. When I'm doing some school talks, I'm a real person and we have pitfalls and we have successes. And, uh, you know, I dropped out of my A-levels, absolutely hated school. And I literally only did it because I think I got to about July, September time and I didn't have anywhere. I wasn't signed up to anything. So I had to sign up to the nearest sixth form. Mum hated the fact that I um, sort of dropped out and I went to actually do hair and beauty because it was something that my friends were doing. So I went to study that and my mum gave me the uh, major talk saying, fine, you can do it, but you'd be the top of the class. You know, you can, you'd be the best that you can be. And that sort of message has always followed me around. It wasn't that until I had my two daughters and I started working within the construction industry that I really got to understand what I was good at and what I enjoyed learning. And when I was in, in, in KW Bell Group, I was put through a master's degree in health and safety and environmental management. And I did that part-time for three years. And that's just 
changed the course for me. So when I had my master's degree, I was made up to director. And now I'm halfway through my next MBA in, in leading business. But it's not until you start believing in yourself and start gaining some of that confidence. And I know through all the learners that are coming through Excel, some of them aren't going to have a clue about, about what they want to do. And I think it's really important that we make some of the vocabulary really open and explore things. And if they come here and they don't enjoy it and they try something else, but we might have some career changes as well that are, have done similarly what I've done, but we can open the doors for them. We can connect them to the employers and we can give them opportunity in this industry. You don't have to start at 16. You can start at 35 if you like. Absolutely. And I've met two women recently that were in the care industry. So they were carers and now they're plant operators. And both of them absolutely loved the journey. And it was a very different journey. And, and one of those women is just turning 50 and she started when she was 47. So I absolutely praise what you're doing there to make that sort of uh, inclusive. And, you know, I look at the website, folks, and it's groundworks, bricklaying, plant operators, but there's real stress on, on how you talk. And it's about it not being textbook learning, about it being learning for, for real world and, and giving valuable skills and not just a skill to do a specific job, but career, and then this follow through this upskilling and, and enhancing. So that's great. And I think, you know, what I wanted to, to sort of delve into is the fact that you know, Excel, because you've got this physical building now, you can actually go what you call beyond just the training. And uh, you've added sort of additional services. And I think that's what has kind of driven some of those industry partnerships as well, hasn't it? And you know, tell me a little bit about that element and, and why you're making the facility available to other people and, and how that kind of works in the favour of the industry as well as a whole. Again, sort of looking at the way I've sort of grown in my learning is dad used to take me to meetings where I'd, I'd sit, say, uh, with the likes of JCB or suppliers or clients. And until you get into the, some of those environments, you can really sort of pick up on the language and oh, you can pick up so much, don't you, by shadowing people. And it was really important to us that we were having a, a complete mixed bag of people here at Excel. So we had blue collar, white collar, trainee, corporate, business people. So everybody gets a sense of what's, what's your role, because everybody's got a role to play within a business. And even mixing, you know, businesses, we, we typically have this at KW Bell for a long time where we have office staff versus site staff. And neither of the two would, would meet in the middle or understand or empathize with each other's job role. So having a different environment here where people can come along and you've got different elements going on at different times. You could have, you know, a product launch here um, from a manufacturer and some trainees upstairs and then somebody out on the mock site on the plant and then corporates using the cafe. You could have a complete mix, but it's somewhere where people have construction knowledge and all construction is sort of always at the core but you can come from different parts of the sector in all different spheres and then have this venue to use yeah and i think that's really important because you know it needs to be a place where people want to go of of all you know uh, different elements to the to the industry so it's it's kind of this hub that brings people together and i think what i i'm really sort of impressed by is the way in which you approach that sort of level of competency training for not just people coming through as apprenticeships, but for existing staff, because people have got basic skills to support the most sort of traditional ways of working. But there are now new digital skills required. I mean, 3D machine control from like a geosystems, a completely new way of 
of operating a machine. And also, I talk about a lot the uh, connected work site where people are using digital tablets and 3D models and other things like that. So there is this sense that we're moving very quickly to requiring more digital skills uh, as a complement to the traditional experience that goes on as well, haven't we? Without a doubt, but you know, still out on sites, we're, we're nowhere near where we should be compared to other countries where they're, they're a lot more efficient than, than we are, unfortunately. And there is so much technology out there. It's just getting it out into the industry and, and getting people using it. And a facility like this is a great place, actually, because you can literally come off work and just dive into the technology. I've had experiences where some technology is taken onto site and they're trying to use it, but then you've got all the noise of site, you know, and, and, and becoming into a digital environment and a digital era, you kind of need to go into a different headspace because you, you have got that digital transformation and you some companies still are working from paper form. It's a long transition to go so we can start implementing it here and, and giving people that, that environment to learn in. I think that's really quite exciting because, you know, it goes back to this mantra that you've got and to build back better careers because the, the thing we don't want to happen in this industry is we don't want people to come into the industry, then be sort of given this technology or pushed uh, into this technology element and feel that actually it, it's overwhelming and, and therefore we end up losing those people. So instead of, you know, going, hey, um, you know, we want you to do this and we're going to support you in doing this and, and it's going to help you. And as an operator, you're going to be less fatigued. As a site manager, you're going to know much more that's going on and what has happened yesterday because you've got this as-built data model on your tablet. But, you know, losing people at that point when they've got all that experience and ability to mentor others is not building back better careers, is it? It's losing that opportunity. What is that approach to building back better careers that works, do you think, and, and the experience that you've had so far? Well, like listening to you then, there, there are so many different elements to it, because as you said, you don't want to intimidate people with throwing too much technology at them um, that they leave. But it's, I, I suppose it's educating them and informing them of, of the benefits that can be had through the introduction of technology. Uh, but, you know, you look on the flip side then, and you, you're talking about the the new generation that are coming through, they're habitually digital anyway. So if you're not actually showing them all the latest technology that you can use, and they take to it like a duck in water, don't they? They're, they are so sharp, it's unbelievable. You know, I can use my 16 year old daughter, for example, and she got one of the simulators here and used it straight away. And I was slapping around with the buttons. They, they pick up things so much quicker. And that's what's expected though, they expect. That, that that technology to be in our industry and the only way that we're going to start getting people inspired by our industry is the quicker introduction into digitalization and it will make us more efficient in the long run anyway no absolutely and you know and a more efficient and and we're talking about so things like cop 26 in glasgow last year talking about climate change talking about carbon emissions you know the earthwork sector and the construction sector you know are heavy emitters of carbon and you know when you're looking at lots of machines on site if we can get those to be more productive and efficient because the operator is educated to a very high standard and they keep building that career by getting regular training sessions regular updates on the latest iteration of software technology 
different types of machines that are going to come about where, where these innovative disruptors come into our market, for example, um, then that's great. And I think, you know, what really excites me about all this is the journey that you've been on is seems to be exhausting. And yet you've got all of this energy, Nicola, that's coming out now because you physically opened Excel and you're getting people through the door. And, and how do you see that what Excel can do for the industry and, and, and help to change it in the next, say, 10 years? You know, what's what's the impact going to be, do you think? Well, we've got massive goals changing the face of construction education. We, we use flippantly, but we really wholeheartedly mean that. Uh, and we haven't come into this on a whim. You know, we, we've put our money where our mouth is. So we have the two million pound from government, but we also co-invested a million pound of our own private funds because we, like I said at the beginning, we want to pass on our legacy, but we also really want to be, get people enthused about this industry. And we really feel like we can, we can make a difference. So we've got big, hairy, audacious goals, a 15% uh, learner mix for women within the next five years. Yeah, changing the face of construction education, uh, changing competency levels, uh, attracting new people. There's, there's lots of things that we want to do. And we're really, really just scratching the surface. The, the main element and aim and goal and objective was last year was to build the building, which we've done. And we are so happy with it. It's beyond our wildest expectations. Now, you know, when we're going into every room, there's a new and exciting uh, element which we're thinking and we're brainstorming every week. Because the possibilities are endless. And I, I don't think we should be able to sort of, you know, close the door on any ideas because now we've got this amazing facility. I think all ideas should be thrown into the pot. We should send it out to industry and, and see what works because what we've been doing for the last 20 to 30 years is not working. So we need something to disrupt the system. We need some shakers and some movers. And, you know, this won't be the answer to everything, but at least it's doing something. Something is better than nothing. Absolutely. But you said it yourself when you started, you did that site by site, you know, the two site pilots. And you said, we've got to do something here. We then got a group of people together. Um, and, you know, that was probably quite hard work to attract those people, like you said, into porter cabins yeah. and things like that. Uh, but then you showed them the opportunities and the skills they need. And we'll come back to that in a moment. And what you did there was learnt how to be a better organisation. And I think when you've got a learning space now, like, like Excel, you can bring in so many more people from so many more parts of the industry where they can have a conversation about change and where they can have a conversation about, you know what, is it really the right thing to do to get some scruffy old porter cabins and train our people in that way? Or should we partner with organisations like yours? Or should we do the even bolder thing, which is what you've done as a business and gone, hey, yeah, we've got 2 million quid here. That'll build us a really nice facility. Would have been a nicer facility for 2 million quid. No, let's chuck in a million pounds of our own money and obviously have to fund that beforehand and, you know, and hope that obviously that, that earns its way back. But a million pounds for a business with an 80 million pound turnover is totally, totally crazy to look at. But yeah, that is your future. And, you know, you're a very persuasive woman, Nicola, because, oh boy, boy, oh boy, folks, you are on your side when she's talking about things. And that's why, you know, the, my one of my sort of run-up to the final sort of questions I want to ask you is, what do you think the, the skills we are going to need 
at the end of that 10-year period when you said you've done all this change and things like that, what are the skill sets you think that are going to be like, well, this is it. We just need this type of person and that's a new job role now. The honest answer is I, I wholeheartedly believe that we don't know yet. <laughs> <laughs> um, but that, that's the exciting part of the journey. Um, you know, looking at our own business again, three years ago, we didn't really understand or didn't know that we needed drone pilots, for example. We didn't know we needed technical engineers, which we've got now, which was never really um, a job title before. So our engineers are no longer banging heads in the ground. You know, they're technical engineers. They're working from home. They're remoting in. They don't have, really have to leave the office. So I, I don't know what that is, but we'll be able to facilitate it and we'll be there and we'll be hopefully, hopefully leading the way and, and, and helping to accelerate those skills that are needed. And yeah, that is the most exciting part for us. Well, look, there's certainly the building there, folks. You must go onto the website. What is that website, Nicola, please? Uh, the website is www.xl.co.uk. And can you spell the XL bit for me, please? A-double-C-X-E-L. Fantastic. So that is what Nicola has been spending an awful chunk of her life doing while she's collecting MBAs and all these other things as well. I don't know how you do it, Nicola, but uh, I take my hat off to you. Um, and, you know, your, your final thoughts, your final message to the industry, Nicola, uh, and how they can get in touch with you and, and find out more. What is your final message now? Well, I like the the, uh, what you were just touching on just a moment ago, which was um, we, we definitely haven't got all the answers. We know that um, we've got to where we are today because we really believed in ourselves and we, we've got a passion and we want industry to come on board. So we've already got fantastic employer partners, uh, 27 employer partners just in this local region, and they will lead the way. Like you said, it will be those employer partners which will be leading us into the direction which we need to go. They'll have needs and, and wants for their own businesses and they'll help create the change. So we are a, a collaboration business. You know, our purpose is supporting people to construct the future. It is the, the future of their businesses, the future for themselves, the future for the younger generation. It's, it encompasses everything, but we're not gonna do that if we do it in isolation or just work individually. So it needs to be everybody pulling together to construct the future. Indeed, and that's a brilliant construction conversation. Uh, for our Construction Talk podcast, Nicola, it's been so, so good to have you as a guest on the show, uh, on the podcast, folks. Such a great time to launch it in National Apprentice Week, where we focus on apprenticeships for anyone of all ages to get into this industry. Certainly need a lot more people like yourself, Nicola, with all the enthusiasm and drive to make things happen. Remember, folks, it was a field before it is now a three million pound ultimately brilliant center for learning education partnerships and much much more and guess what folks i'll be going to see all of that and the cafe uh, that's inside when i go and see the team in the future nicola a pleasure to have you on construction talk thanks very much for your time thank you thanks for tuning in to construction talk if you loved this episode, discover more over at causeway.com forward slash construction talk. Don't forget to subscribe and share. See you next time.